Welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I'm here with my main man, Christopher T. Barty, and his dog, Albus, who is being a very barky boy. How you doing, big man? <laughs> Albus. <laughs> Shut up. Good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, uh, I'm sort of multi multitasking here. Um, I've got like one of those dental bones. And and, it, and I'm breaking it up into bits. Yeah. And sort of doing a Glenn Maxwell backhand flick, <laughs> backhand flick away from the recording material um, towards the dog, so that I can both be responsible dog owner and um, and podcast uh, companion. <laughs> so this is what uh, when they say to you, um, getting a dog is like being practiced for a parent yep 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 this is what i imagine it's being like well surely parenting is just throwing snacks on the floor until your child <laughs> stops by <laughs> getting it's up what my parents did uh i remember it fondly um yeah. from the barbecue my old man just pinging back snags and just gobbling them down uh it's a good time it's yeah a good time oh, it'll be a good test of your editing skills here pat <laughs> I'm just, we've all been hanging out for that, Chris. I know that I have. Um, big edits are what I'm what I'm all about, mate. Uh, also, good to see that there's something more ginger than me on this podcast now, which is which is Albus, um, your your lovely dog. <laughs> he is, uh, yeah, he is very ginger. He's a cavoodle um, for for people that are aware of that breed, the uh, Cavalier Poodle. Um, I'm going to wake that. That screenshot up on the two for none. So just people when they're watching the listening to the pod can just get around Albus's face. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, he's um, probably one foot tall. Uh, full of attitude though. Um, <laughs> a bit like David Warner, really. Um, hey, 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 all right, hey, all right, hey. all right. We're off to um, a crack and start there, but mate, uh, big pod today. As as per usual, we're going to keep playing this World Cup interjections game that we've been playing so far. Yeah. Um, if you're just tuning into this episode, uh, Chris and I have got uh, correspondents scattered all around the world who've been watching the World Cup, watching their respective sides. They send us in tapes. We listen to those tapes, and uh, when we want to stop them to talk about some of the things they've said, we say, "Hold up, hey." Um, and it's pretty much as simple as that. Um, and we will stop and, and comment and make a few gags here and there. We have interjections today, Chris, from uh, Tom K. Hawkey with a bulletin from a Brit. We have Chris the Goodman Goodrick to talk about some South African action. Jai Singh is in town to talk about India. And Bardo, it's exciting to announce we have a debutante, a first wow. edition pod uh, contributor. Uh, Adam Hassan is his name. He is a Pakistani cricket fan based out of the UK, and he is on this team. On Amazing. the team. Well, great. Well, uh, look, a thrill to add it. Welcome uh, uh, him uh, into this professional environment. Uh, uh, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, it's very it was professional. Bring, it, it was, uh, look, hey, great for him to start on bringing your dog to work day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y- you know, uh, just shows what a, uh, y- you know, forward thinking uh, uh, workplace we are. Very inclusive. Work-life balance is very strong here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Love that. So, look, I'm um, very excited to hear from Adam. Really pleased to have him on board. He's a young fella, Chris. He's a young fella. He's a fan of the pod. He sent me an email saying, Pat, I love two for none. I'm a Pakistani cricket fan. I want to be on it. Can I do that? A couple of emails back and forth, a couple of tapes back and forth, and mm. he's and he's on the board. So, um, if you are a West Indies cricket fan or a Bangladeshi cricket fan, this could be your life. It mm. really could. I'm Pat Cullen, mm. 88, all one word on on Twitter. I'm Pat Cullen on Instagram. Find me, DM me, come and join the pod. Ginger mm. Snap Productions, Ginger Snap Sydney at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Get you on. If I've got, mm. if I can get a West Indian, a Bangladeshi fan on here, Chris, we'll have the full gamut. Full well, gamut of pods. Tell you what, after this World Cup, there might be a few Bangladeshi fans coming out of the woodworks. Well... I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. We'll get to the Tigers in a minute because they did have a cracker of a game. Can I interest you in a little bit of Tom K. Hawkey with the bulletin from the Brit? Always. Always. All right. Here we go. Hi there. Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. Last Friday, England lined up against a West Indies team who had pummeled Pakistan and pushed the Aussies mighty close. I'd love to therefore tell you about a nail-biting match that twisted and turned, but in truth... The Windies were woeful. With the bat, they just swung at everything and hoped it would go for six. Almost nothing did, and they posted a pathetic 212. They weren't much better with the ball, and England chalked the runs off with eight wickets and 17 overs to spare, with Joe Root's unbeaten century a treat to behold. His drives and pulls were exquisite, and he looks to be in great touch. Hold up. Um... He makes a great point there, Bardo. Uh, Joe Root is in serious touch. In fact, that mm. whole England batting lineup is in serious touch. Um, on a scale from one to worried, how worried are you with finals just around the corner? Oh, extremely. Uh, extremely. Uh, the uh, quality of English batsmen at the moment is, uh, is very, very high. Uh, you know, Jason Roy, we've seen what he can do. Best uh, at the top season. as well. Um, yep, Bearstow is incredible. Stokes is a destroyer. Um, and obviously Joe Root, uh, at, you know, at one point was being just talked about as, as the best batsman in the world. Um, and he seems to have recaptured some of that form, um, which is something that is, uh, is concerning. Um, uh, because if he gets going, um, we're in a world of hurt. Uh, so, and I think we saw that really um, against the West Indies. Uh, I mean, only two wickets down, uh, and uh, chased down a total of two thirteen with uh, consummate ease. Yeah, it really did pump them. Um, Tom's all blowing his own horn here in classic hawky fashion, but they really did pump the Windies pretty significantly. Um, hang on, let's hear some more of what he's got to say about it. His form should see him there or thereabouts for leading run scorer come the end of this tournament. When it became apparent that the West Indies weren't going to stop the England batting juggernaut, they started playing up in the field. For example, Chris Gale used the ubiquitous floss move as his bowling warm-up. Now I'm all for colourful characters in the game, but their antics felt childish to me, and belied the fact that this match was very much men against boys. However, it wasn't all chocolate boxes and roses for England. Both Roy and Morgan left the field to injuries and neither would have been able to bat. Whilst that allowed England to show they could be creative with their lineup, pushing Root to open and Wokes to three, with both performing excellently, the injuries are a worry moving forward. 
It was announced today that Roy has indeed torn his hamstring and will miss the next two games at least. It is a real shame and I do hope he's back as his explosive batting is thrilling to watch. There are rumours that Alex Hales might be recalled to replace Roy later in the tournament, just so long as Hales isn't too high to understand the call when it comes. (laughs) Well, um, uh, I think that's the first reference to illicit drug use on on the podcast, Pat. You could correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, Look, uh, you know, he he, he makes a valid point again here. He's on, oh, he's on fire today, the Hawk. TK Hawk, um, he's not here to mess around, mate. He is he is on red-hot form. No, he's direct today, uh, straight down the ground, full face of the bat. Um, <laughs> valid point, Jason Roy, you know, we just sung his praises earlier. Um, that hamstring would be a concern for England fans. But i got to tell you, uh, Alex Hales... Um, uh, sobriety pending um, is uh, not a bad uh, not a bad replacement. He can also be a damaging uh, limited overs batsman at the top of the order and has done so for a long period of time. So um, mm. again, the depth of that English batting lineup um, comes to the fore. Yeah, Chris, you're, you're, you're really right there. I, I'm not sure what the status of Joe Root's injury is. Um, I think if they were both quite long-termers or at least a couple of weeks, that could, that could really throw that side a spanner in the works and maybe offer us, um, the Kiwis and the Indians, uh, a little potential um, avenue to exploit there. There's a bit of change in that top six. If not, and those boys are back very quickly, it's they are the strongest side in the tournament at this point, I think. It's a toss-up between them and India. So um, big stuff there and, and good sledging from Hawkey too. Um, if Alex Hales is able to stay off the gear for a couple of weeks, um, he, could, he could have a very devastating impact. Oh, was to say, but I do love the sledge. I will say that. Let's hear more from Tom. In my last bulletin, I complained about England's lack of penetration with the ball. The bowling unit fired much more this time, although it took two court and bowl dismissals from the part-time spin of Root to provide the catalyst for the collapse. However, there were still errors in the field. England are second on the drop catches list with eight. In a match like this, dropped opportunities matter little. But against the likes of India and Australia, England will need to tighten up further still. Next up is Afghanistan. The biggest threat to England comes from the skies, and the forecasted afternoon showers could play their part. To avoid sharing a point with the Afghans, I'd love to see England get the chance to put them into bat, then unleash Archer and Wood. Their express pace could rip through the Afghan batting lineup and give England the chance to wrap up the game before the heavens open. With Sri Lanka coming next after that, England should feel confident about heading into the Australia game a week from now with one foot already in the semis. I've also worked out the best way to beat the Aussies. David Warner has sometimes seemed confused as to whether he's playing in a test or an ODI. England should therefore come out in their cricketing whites, set a field with three slips in a gully and bowl rhythmically just outside off. He'll assume that the ashes have begun and chip away with a strike rate of around 50, and before he realises what's going on, the 50 overs will be up for just 200 runs. Tom K. Hawkey out. Interesting tactical play there from the Hawk. Quite brilliant, actually. He's thinking right outside the box, and I, I love every piece of it, B-Day. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, it's, uh, it's unique. 
it's uh, again forward thinking. Forward thinking. Um, uh, and uh, I look. I don't see it coming to pass, but um, <laughs> it would be an incredible piece of tactics. It would be though. incredible. <laughs> it would be, be incredible. It'd be incredible. Um, just walk and out look, in their stranger things have happened. Straight. You know, anyone that watched the uh, NBA Finals last year and 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 the uh, the incident with J.R. Smith, he thought they were ahead. They weren't. He dribbled in the wrong direction, um, and they lost. Wow. Um, wow. So you know, weird things. Weird things do happen. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. But raises some interesting points. One, I, I, I think um, he's right to feel confident uh, in England um, ensuring their place in the semi-finals. I mean, it's essentially, uh, uh, well, uh, theirs to lose. Um, mm. And uh, barring any, any uh, unforeseen hiccups, you would think they should account for Afghanistan and Sri Lanka fairly comfortably. Um, uh not sure about the skies being the only threat from Afghanistan. Uh, a, little, a bloke called uh, Rashid Khan's not too bad. Yeah, um, true. Uh, but um, I, I, I think he makes a valid point there. And look, to a, to to some extent, does make a, 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 an interesting point about David uh, Warner's uh, scoring rate. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Pat, but uh, Dave has made a century recently. Mm. Um, but a couple of his innings have been off to slow starts and and not at his normal uh, not at his normal express Clip, pace. And yeah. uh, I think we'll get into a little bit more of that later on when we review the match against uh, Sri Lanka. Yeah, I, I think I think he's spot on there, mate. He's definitely um, he's definitely been a bit of a different customer all around. Also, Chris, have you noticed how many players are covered head to toe in compression bandages? and like compression wraps at this World Cup. Starkey and Warner, Warner's got like elbow braces and freaking shoulder braces. They're all, they all look like they're all falling apart at the seams. And just before we move on from this game, uh, I'm surprised actually that Hawkey uh, didn't didn't raise it. Um, Chris Gale, um, barely oh. a pod goes past where we don't mention the universe boss. His uh, bowling, uh, actually his batting too, I think was interesting. Um uh, again, but we'll get in. We'll get into his bowling uh, uh, for now because we'll talk about his batting in a bit. Uh, but um, uh, he's, he's donning the uh, cap and sunglasses mm. uh, to bowl, um, and they're um, sort of highway patrol um, <laughs> 80s style futuristic glasses. Just yeah. unique, aren't they? <laughs> Did you see him? Um, I put it on the Two for None Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash, forward slash Two for None. Have a look. Uh, I put it on there. He's like, bowls an off break and then stares the batsman down. <laughs> yeah. Like, gives him the old I'm watching you. <laughs> yeah. Like he's bowling 140 clicks. Uh, and and uh, manages to uh, squeeze an appeal out, a, 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 a review out of uh, Jason Holder as well for... <laughs> Something which quite clearly struck the batsman outside the line. And not as like uh, a little bit outside the line too, but like about two feet across. Yeah, significantly outside the line. <laughs> but I it was almost he was going like, for. He went up to give them the sign for the timeout, the old the old T to get a review about four different times in that game. Um, Chris Gale was pretty certain he'd dismantled mm. the entire English batting lineup. But uh, yeah, pretty funny, mate. Far out. What a time. It it leaves. Um, it, it looks like England are are sitting in fourth currently on the ladder. Um, they've got f- three wins from four games. That one loss coming against Pakistan. Um, not to brag, Chris. And we'll get into bragging a little later. But mm. Uh, mm. now we're just a little team you may know as Australia. 
are on top of the table as we speak with five wins from eight games. Sorry, four wins yes. from uh, five games, eight points total. So that's pretty good. Pretty pretty happy with that. Uh, it's a good start. It's a good start. But it's I think start. we there are some teams to come, namely uh, England and uh, New Zealand, yet to play. And we did uh, have a hiccup against India. So um, yeah. whilst I think we're ticking the boxes at the moment, um, there's a, a little way to go. Now, Bardo, would you like to hear from Chris, the good man, Goodrick, or would you Always. like a debut pod from Adam Hassan? Well, I'm a little curious as to whether South Africa are actually still in this World Cup. <laughs> um, are they? What are they in? Are they, are they I, 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 still I part of it? Are they? I'm not sure. I can't. Um, I, I I genuinely don't know. I can't. <laughs> I've only looked at the top half of the table, and I couldn't see oh, them. Yeah, it's hard to see the bottom half, isn't it? It's hard uh, to well, comprehend you've it. Got to, you know, you've got to click the show all button. Ah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a killer drill I couldn't expend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear from Chris Goodrick with a yarn from Yarpy. Ooh, new song to this. Sunny Wanani, good day, Bardo, good day, Patrick. Good to be back, guys. Um, bloody hell. After 16 very long days, 5 hours, 36 minutes, 27.57 seconds, 145 million brandies and cokes consumed in South Africa, we are back. That's right. Hold up. Chris Country just did the crickling equivalent of 325,600 minutes. I think he did. I, th- I think he did. <laughs> I, I don't mind it at all. I'm a really big fan. Also, that's a lot of brandies and cokes. We should point that out. Uh, Keep going, Chris. South Africa has recorded its first win. You heard me correctly. Um, So hold your horses, Tomo and Bardo. Inflate your tyres because the Proteas are coming back to claim revenge over the Kiwis. Let's go over that victory against the Afghanistan team. Uh, South Africa put in a truly dominant performance against the Afghans. Um, and whilst there were still worrying signs when the Afghans were looking not too shabby at 39 for zero um, after seven overs, a great performance from Morris Peshlaquire and our 40-year-old madman, the magician, Imran the Kalahari Thunder Tahir, pulled things back for the Proteas. Hold up. Is Imran Tahir's really nickname actually the, the Kalahari Thunder? Because if so, that's the greatest nickname I've ever heard. It, it's not bad. I don't know. I, I have to confirm. But um, I think he's my fa- He's definitely my favourite 40-year-old in the World Cup. Um, I think he might maybe, be my favourite 40-year-old full stop, but I, I think he's got to be, right? Um, South Africa doesn't have too many heroes in this World Cup, but Imran Tahir um, can certainly hold his head up high. He's, he's doing a wonderful job, and I hope in my life I um, may one day get to be known as the uh, maybe the Nullarbor Thunder how good would it be to be called the Nullarbor Thunder that'd be so awesome I don't know I don't know what I have to do to become that but that's that's my new life goal uh, well the Nullarbor Thunder y- you go y- you go Glenn Coco um, <laughs> you've got to find your own truth Pat you've got, got to find, find your truth. own truth got to find and, it uh, yeah. yeah yeah good point let's hear more from Chris to leave Afghanistan languishing at 77 for seven. South Africa eventually bowled out the Afghans for 125. Um, Whilst whilst it was a largely positive day for the SA team, Hashim Amla still really looking out of sorts. Some say it appeared as though 
you couldn't quite work out if it was an ODR or test match with a slow-paced 41 of 83 balls. Hmm. At the other side, Quinton de Kock was seeing it like a beach ball with a great little cameo of 68 runs on, uh, over 72 balls. South Africa reached the target with just losing the one wicket of de Kock, but really they should have chased the total down with more intent so they could have improved their overall run rate in the tournament. And I believe this might prove quite crucial for that last semi-final spot um, at the end of the group games. Our next game is New Zealand. Uh, South Africa have won the last two uh, most recent ODI series against the small island nation. But New Zealand have the edge in World Cups with the last win in that semi-final four years ago. And really, if we're being honest, uh, New Zealand um, look like a team full of confidence. And you'd have to say they are the favourites going into this one. Um, Ngidi and Stain are out of our World Cup. So it really is up to Rabada, Morris, Peshlaquai to lead the bowling strike force for South Africa and hopefully Tahir's magic run does Hold continue. Hold up, um, Bardo, that is a gigantic loss, huh? Ngidi and Dale Stain out. Well, that is that is all that is that is tough, mate. That is like us losing Stark and Cummins. That's that's punchy. Yeah, look, it, it um, certainly heaps the pressure on Rabada, doesn't it? Um, and all of a sudden, that much vaunted South African bowling attack uh, looks a little thinner. Um, it's a massive loss. Um, one one thing I, I just want to take issue with. I mean, I don't know. It's a point of order. Or something. For point of order. You're on a point of order. Somebody grab the gavel. Point uh, of order. And maybe it's just a. a, a uh, I'm not sure what you call it. What do they What do they call it when they move the seats around in a, in an election? I forget what that's called. Um, are you thinking of but, gerrymandering? Um, I'm not sure what you're thinking. Of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I think you're. I think you're right. But is New Zealand a small island nation? Would I think I, I would say so, but they've got a population of four million, which is less than the population of Sydney, and uh, the islands themselves are, are pretty little. I mean, right. comparatively, I mean, okay. I, I, it, you know, it's bigger than it's bigger than a lot of stuff for sure. It is sure. an entire nation. We'll give it that. Sure. But it is uh, a very small in comparison to the size of Australia, for example. I would have said it was, a, a, you know, as far as islands go, I would have thought it was pretty big. Right? As um, far as islands go, I'll agree. I about mean, it's that. not as big as ours, but <laughs> what a ridiculous, uh, what a ridiculous comparison that is. Yeah, ours is. Big. I mean, we're, well, we're the world's biggest island. But yeah, some would say. Some would, well, think- no, science would say. Um, <laughs> experts would agree. Sure. Uh, th- that might be something I'm, I'd be interested to pose to Michael Wood. Ah, oh, the stick. Is New Zealand a small island nation? Uh, I, I, I want to put th- that in the two for none chat and see what he comes I'm back I'm interested. With. Yeah. Anyway, um, you're right. Yep. South African bowling attack is uh, looking a little thin and um, big game. You know, small island nation, but a big game coming up for South Africa. Um, you know, it's really all or nothing. And... Um, uh, who knows? Uh, New Zealand um, looking in great touch at the moment, um, but South Africa have it all to play for. Uh, and really, it's it's not just about making the semi-finals at this point. It's 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 a bit of pride on the line. I would have thought, mate, you're not wrong. You are not wrong at all. Here's me typing to Wood. Hey, mate, is New Zealand a small island nation? Island nation, in your opinion? And we'll keep our eye on that. Um, let's hear some more 
the, the stick will come in there and really uh, pull the difference out there for us, Bardo. Let's hear some more from Chris Goodrick. South Africa's biggest weakness has undoubtedly been its batting, and an improvement will be needed to beat a balanced and intentful Kiwi side. The team that played Afghanistan is our strongest side, and I believe our selectors should stick with it. Watch out for a big, uh, big batting performances from Amla, De Kock, Miller, and Markham to come. They are well and truly due. South Africa's next, uh, South Africa need to win their next three matches to keep any uh, hope of a number four spot alive. They also need to be praying to those rain guards, as a rained out match could spell disaster in their plight for a semi-final bid. I'm going to finish with saying good luck, South Africa. Be brave, be good, be heroes, be positive, and most importantly, be better than New Zealand. Because if we lose to the Kiwis, they will be yarning about it for a long, long time. Thanks, Bardo. Thanks, Patrick. It's a pleasure. We'll see you later. Thank you, Chris Goodrick. Absolutely legendary effort, as per usual. I think he's particularly concerned about New Zealand winning uh, because he lives in New Zealand, our dear Chris Goodrick. Um, mm. So I, I think that if, if they do go down, then he's going to cop a lot of stuck, as, uh, mm. as we may say. He may cop uh, a lot of a lot of banter at work that he may not appreciate. As we all mm. know about Chris Goodrick, though, he can well and truly handle himself in those situations. But, um, I mean, it look... They they they're a better side than you, than than Afghanistan. Afghanistan are very much a developing nation, and it's good for their confidence to get a win on the board. However, they they have not looked good. Um, Chris has been on since the start of the tournament. You might remember back to his first yarn, Bardo, um, before the tournament began about Hashim Amla. He's been hanging out for Hashim. For yeah. a very, very long time, Goodrick. Yeah. He's waiting for that ship yeah. to come in. And let me tell you, he's standing on the dock in his beautiful dress. He's waving his mm. handkerchief and there is no sign of that boat, Bardo. There is no, no sign. There is no smoke on the horizon. Uh, no, it hasn't come in, has it? Um, <laughs> has not come in, no. Y- yeah. Um, hopefully just delayed. Hopefully, hopefully just delayed. delayed. Uh, hopefully delayed. Um, hopefully that smoke is over the horizon. Um, interesting thing the other week where... Uh, Hashim Amla up to, I think, 8,000 or 7,000 runs had been like the quickest in terms of innings played to reach 7,000 runs. Mm. And then between, like in the history of the game, right? History of one-day cricket. Uh, And then um, the gap between 7,000 and 8,000, he has since been overtaken by Burek Kohli. So, he's taken some time, well, comparatively, uh, to score that next lot of 1,000 runs, um, which uh, may be indicative uh, of uh, of where he is at at the moment and where South African cricket is at the moment. What I would say is Hashim Amla is a, a class act, has mm. destroyed you know, Australia particularly on a number of occasions um, and um, is one that you wouldn't want to count out because I think that there, there is still greatness there. Um, another thing you want to write South Africa off just yet because there might be another twist in the tail, um, mm. but it's got to start against New Zealand. It's got to start against New Zealand. Otherwise, yeah. you know, what, what, what are we looking at here? So, uh, who knows? Who knows? One to watch. And, mate, on the other side of the coin, if the Kiwis come out and thump them, that could deflate whatever remaining hope is in that South African camp. 
Like it's mm. very important that they put on a really good showing there. Um, otherwise, they're they are really in trouble. They're languishing at eighth at the moment. They've played five. They've won one. They've lost three, and they've had a couple of washouts. And look, we mentioned it a little bit, Chris, but there has been a lot of washouts. Some of those grounds, well and truly flooded. Um, mm. Jai Singh quipped that I should try and get a weather correspondent, as it's been the uh, the eleventh player, um, the eleventh side in the in the current uh, World Cup situation, and, and you know that's some pretty good sledging from Jai. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's been there's been a lot of rainouts, and I can't help but feel that they really should have put in some more reserve days. Um, we'll had some reserve ground, some reserve options here, but and that's going to be something for the next tournament. It, it's it's England. You know, it doesn't matter if it's summer. It's going to rain profusely. The place is ridiculously wet. It's wet top to toe. You know, if they were having this tournament in South Africa or Australia, sure, we wouldn't need reserve days because our weather's pretty relatively sensible. But England, forget about it. It's it's damp. It's terminally damp. Well, in their defence, Pat, if there's one country that has a shortage of cricket grounds... Um, no. No, look, it is... <laughs> It's pretty. It's pretty indefensible. Um, there is no shortage of cricket grounds in England. Um, the whole country is a cricket ground, top to toe, one end, end one to another. You know. Um, so they, look, it's something that needs. Obviously, as, as you say, it, it probably needs to be looked at. Uh, alternate venues, uh, reserve days, whatever it is. Um, couldn't tell you where the next World Cup is. Actually, I have no idea. No, I, me neither. I, I'm so I'm so engulfed in this one, which is probably a positive thing. And the one thing I'll say is, look, if if anything, it's um, I, we, to give the weather its due. To give the weather <laughs> said its nobody ever, but continue. Due. Um, one, it's it, it's offered a bit of respite, respite, ah, respite, um, respite, respite um, from the schedule. Uh, allowed us to catch up on a bit of sleep mm, um, true, which true. has been good um, <laughs> it's been great for us as spectators it's given us a night off I mean offered a bit of you know <laughs> chance to use the facilities yep to get go in the and, gym well you wouldn't buy I don't know what you'd buy an ice cream a pasty in England like pasty, not. Wouldn't you? you buy a pasty yeah, yeah. You you have a red pasty. one a pasty oh, yeah. good pasty love a pasty um <laughs> But this always offered a bit of respite and offered a bit of intrigue, I Ooh. think, as well. Intrigue yeah, it's been like Carbon San Diego. <laughs> um, yep, yep, to the table, um, to the table. Uh, you know, we don't quite know. It's a bit of a, a wild card oh, factor, yeah. um, which otherwise wouldn't have existed, I think, you know. And a discussion point, Pat. Well, Let's not forget. Because well, we, Chris, you know, it has given uh, two-bit pundits like me, you and I, something more to think about, which is, I guess, it always a good thing. Well... <laughs> well, look, if it's turned us from one-bit pundits into two-bit pundits, well. then more than it's due does it deserve, Pat. <laughs> it's an excellent point, but It's an excellent point. Now, um, would you like to hear from Jai Singh? Or would, would you like to that. hear? Would you like to hear from Jai Singh? Or would you like to hear from our new Pakistani correspondent, Adam Hassan? Do you reckon we should oh, save him for the Oh, well, end? no. We've got to promote the young man up the order, don't we? Well, yeah, get him up the order. Let's get, get him, him up the order. All right. Um, this is our new Pakistani correspondent. Adam Hassan is his name. This is his very first tape he sent through to us. Um, so let's let's have a listen, Bardo, and uh, see how the young man goes. Making his debut, steps out to the middle. What's he got? Hi, everyone. This is Adam Hassan with a report on Pakistan. It hasn't been a great start to the tournament for Pakistan. We did beat England, but we've lost to the West Indies, Australia and India, and we were unlucky to have a winnable match against Sri Lanka Randolph. 
Safaz won the toss against India and decided to bowl, despite his Prime Minister Imran Khan saying he wanted us to bat first. And our problems really started from there. Hold up. How amazing is it that the Prime Minister just quickly chimes in and is like, nah, 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 mate. you got you got to go out and bat first. If you're thinking about having a bowl on this wicket, you're crazy, Safaz. <laughs> you got to get out there with the willow. <laughs> um, look, you know... Um We've certainly, Australia certainly had prime ministers that have uh, had their opinion on what the cricket team should do. Um, not really any of them, anyone lately, but there were certainly a tracksuit-clad gentleman in the uh, in the late nineties, two thousands. The coconut uh, head. Yep, 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 yep. And um, we ignored him too. Uh, <laughs> Great tradition of teams on, ignoring their yeah, prime ministers. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a bad thing. Um, it's not a bad thing to ignore the prime minister on matters relating to cricket. Um, uh, you know, other matters, sure. Listen, great. Yeah, yeah, He's probably yeah, got yeah. some good insights. Um, Trade, uh, sure. But, yeah, on this one, yeah. Maybe not. It. <laughs> Here we go, let's hear some more from Adam. With Shadab Khan and Imad Wazim as our frontline spinners, along with Hafiz and Malik to bowl some part-timers, it would have made more sense to bat first, get a score on the board, and then look to defend it, like we did against England. As usual... Army bowled excellently, finishing with figures of 3 for 47 of his 10, but Wahab and Hassan Ali were on the expensive side. India scored 336, which wasn't an impossible target for Pakistan given our recent batting form. Fakhar Zaman and Babar Azam both played well, scoring 62 and 48 respectively, but both had strike rates in the 80s, which meant we were always on the back foot. And as has been the case in every match so far, Babar got in and was looking good, and then got out when he was looking to accelerate. After they were out, we had a mini-collapse, and with 170 needed of 15 overs, we still had a chance. But then the rain returned, and we were set the impossible task of scoring 136 of 30 balls. Hold up. 136 mm. of 30 balls. Poor. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple of things here. Um, Adam makes an excellent point. Um, we got to give a shout-out to Muhammad Amir. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, been incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's been incredible. Um, the whole tournament, um, much like Imran Tahir for South Africa, um, Muhammad Ali has been a, uh, Muhammad Amir, sorry, has been a shining light um, for the Pakistani attack. Uh, it really emerged, um, uh, you know, certainly in the minds of us that, that don't follow Pakistani cricket as closely as others, um, as uh, a, you know, as a, a world class bowler, um, yeah. world class seamer. Um, just really dangerous there um, with the left arm. Uh, tenacious, uh, tenacious bowler. Doesn't and, and, and doesn't let the circumstances uh, uh, of the match uh, dictate um, uh, how he plays the game either. So um, huge respect for for Muhammad Amir and the way he he goes about his cricket. Um, and he really has been a cut above the other Pakistani bowlers. Like, I'm just looking at the scorecard here they're, they're against the game against India. Um, and, you know, 10 overs, 3 for 47. He got an, an economy rate of 4.7. Their next best bowler, Imad Wazim, is, you know, none for 49 of 10. Um, so, you know, was bowling pretty economically there, but all their other bowlers, Chris, are a 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 runs per over. Um, mm. So... It, you know, it makes your life tough as the skipper when you've only got two blokes you can really rely on not to go for a, a ton of runs. Mm. Um, well, Wahab yeah. Riaz probably didn't have his best day at the office. No. Um, but, um, I mean, you know, a heck of an Indian side that they were playing, um, you know, heck of a batting lineup uh, that, that, that they had to face uh, with the likes of, uh, you, you know, 
uh, Rohit Sharma, who uh, has just hit form at the right time. Oh, mate, hasn't he just? Um, Virat Kohli, uh, you know, continues to make runs for fun. Fastest man to 11,000 runs, beating Sachin Tanduka, by the way, in this most yeah, recent uh, game. So. I mean, that's a discussion in itself. Who's the better white ball player? Um, uh, Coley would have to be making a case for himself, I would have thought. Um, so, look, certainly, I mean, if it, the scoreline, I think, belies the, the competitiveness um, yeah, for right. Pakistan here. And, I mean, Duckworth-Lewis, yeah. the Duckworth-Lewis system... Uh, I mean, they must be some serious, you know, boffins who work out, you know, that score. I, I mean, I, I've never been able to work it out. Uh, maybe someone smarter than me can, but um, it makes a valid. Adam makes a valid point. Um, you know, it was an impossible task that Duckworth Lewis had set the uh, the Pakistanis, and um, you know, up until the rain fell, um, well, really. Um, the, the game was there to be won. Uh, so, in a sense, it almost spoils um, spoils the contest. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. Let's hear some more from Adam. The one positive to be taken from this match and the tournament so far is that Pakistan clearly have the strongest tail of any team at the World Cup. Imad scored 46 against India. Wahab scored 45 against Australia. Shadab has scored 30 of 18 in his last two matches and Hassan Ali has scored 42 of 20 in his last two innings. However, a strong tail can't win you matches and it certainly can't win you the World Cup. So where does this leave Pakistan? Well, we need to win each of our last four matches against South Africa, New Zealand, Afghanistan and Bangladesh to have a chance of qualifying. We also need some other results to go our way. And I'd say our best chance of qualifying would be if New Zealand lose four out of their five remaining matches against South Africa, the West Indies, Pakistan, Australia and England. Because I don't see England, India or Australia faltering from this position, seeing as they've all got some easier matches to come. Pakistan's next match is against South Africa on Sunday at Lords. South Africa are a side that we're capable of beating, but we need one of our top four to stand up and get a big score, rather than a good-looking 50. Our main weakness is our third seamer. Hassan Ali and Shaheen have dipped in form recently, and although Hussain can bowl at 150 plus, he's not consistent enough for international cricket. We also need to sort out our number six position. We need an explosive power hitter there, someone like Butler or Maxwell, and the only player who can bat like that is Asif Ali. I know he had a shocker in the field against Australia, but Malik has now got two ducks in a row, and his strike rate isn't good enough for a number six batsman. So if we can get our team selection right for the match against South Africa, we have a good chance of winning. And a victory there could propel us onto a winning streak like that of 1992. We may not be in a great position, but Pakistan are by no means out of this World Cup. What a what a great what a great debut from the young man, Bardo. What a oh, great debut there. Just uh, reminiscent of Mark War in 1991 at the Adelaide Oval. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> really classy stuff. Really, really classy, classy stuff. stuff. Um, uh, valid. Look, hey, you know what? That's actually like, the, that's the second person in a row that has highlighted the need for New- a New Zealand collapse. Um, <laughs> by two my for two, count, Chris. Two for two. By my count, um, <laughs> Pat, that is South Africa and now Pakistan that are willing New Zealand to fail. Um, 
for their own selfish gains um the new zealand a lot of heat a lot of heat a lot of heat a lot of heat in the kiwis you know um so i'm interested again again you know what's what's stick gonna say you know well that's the i i threw it out to stick i said hey mate is new zealand a small island in your opinion and he said in reply um i mean it's three islands two main islands (laughs) So he just corrected my my syntax there. And he makes he, is it three islands. Three islands, mate. Yeah, three. I thought it was two. There's two main islands, but there is a huh? third, smaller island. I didn't know that. Well, I see, didn't know that. Chris, come to two for none for the cricket. Stay for the geography, my friend, <laughs> because it is. <laughs> we are not something. just hat racks on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. No. This is not our first no. rodeo, um, and this is exactly why. You know, last last pod we insulted the people of New Zealand by getting Lydia Ko um, confused from a Michelle Wee. <laughs> this week we've yep. insulted the people of New yep. Zealand by uh, we did by getting Didn't. wrong the number of islands. So I'm not expecting this to go yep. wrong, go viral down there. Well, but. no, I don't think. I think I've just lost my post to the high com- the New Zealand High Commission. You know, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm, they're not going to make me ambassador. Yeah. Uh, soon. Anyway, I've got some work. They might. They're nice people. They're, they're a nice people. They're a lovely. They're a lovely group of people. A lovely group of people. Lovely. Um, they might let me back. They might forgive. Um, but I haven't. It's not a good start. It's not a great start. Uh, again, I'm just going to throw out a quick apology to New Zealand <laughs> for us being idiots. But that's good, Chris. You know what happens on this podcast? We learn, Bardo. We learn. We get better. And every we, episode, we improve a little bit. You know. You know what? we fail early we fail often mm. um, but we assess we learn and we evolve oh. and uh, that's pretty good that's pretty good I think we can all get around that um, great stuff from Adam there uh, it's interesting to hear uh, that their problems the Pakistan side's problems and the Australian side's problems are actually pretty similar we are also chasing a third bowler we have also had some problems at number six which you and I will get to um, and that having that heavy hitter come in at that point a Hardik Pandya um, for example in the Indian side um, is just is really necessary in the modern game and um, it'll be look if if they can get a win and if New Zealand do get palmed then there's every chance for Pakistan to come back we know what they're like they're super mercurial um, anything can happen there so um, yeah big ups and thank you to Adam for a great great interjection Excellent mm. to have him on the team. We've got tests against Pakistan coming up at the end of the year, Chris. So we're going to be hearing some more from Adam Hassan. Oh, um, I look so forward to it. Me, I also do. I also do. There is one more man to hear from um, before we get into the Aussie side of Chris things, Chris. And it's none other than the analyst, Jai Singh. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. All right. Let's bring him out. Here we go. Hello, everyone. India have played a further two matches since my last waffle. So here's the wrap from those two games. Against New Zealand... It rained. Then it rained. Did I mention it rained? It rained. Against Pakistan, India won convincingly. It would be remiss of me not to mention that this is India's seventh straight win against Pakistan in World Cups, going back to their first meeting in 1992. Every other news outlet in the world is mentioning it. Of course, listeners to this segment expect something a bit more obscure than that, and I can oblige by mentioning that in the 2007 World Cup, when the two sides both got knocked out before meeting, Pakistan won by proxy because the team that knocked them out Ireland beat Bangladesh, who knocked out India, in the Super 8s. So maybe Pakistan could count that one as a win if they're desperate, but 
Probably not. Anyway, back to the game at hand. Hold up. What an extraordinary random statistic (laughs) from John. Yeah, no, he certainly obliged us there, Pat. Um, (laughs) Big time. I don't even know how to comprehend it. Uh, no. I just wanted to acknowledge it, say thank you, John. I'm as confused with that statistic as I am with the Duckworth-Lewis system and the number of islands in New Zealand. <laughs> it was three, right? It's three. It's definitely three. It's definitely three. Right, back to the game at hand. Pakistan won the toss and sent India into bat in conditions that should have suited the bowlers. Apart from Mohammed Amir, however... The bowlers wasted the conditions and India's new opening pair put on a match-winning 136-run partnership. Kale Rahul played the anchor with 57 from 78 and Rohit Sharma played the aggressor in the absence of the injured Shikhar Dhawan, sipping to his third fastest ever 100 from 85 balls before following the example of Miss Ba'ul Haq from the 2007 World T20 and ramping a ball straight to short fine leg. After Rohit's 140 from 113 Hold balls... Up. Again, see, Jai Singh does this to all, us to all the time, Chris. You know, so much detail, so much content in there. How he remembers mm. how, you know, that guy got out is 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 truly exceptional in my mind. It's almost as if he prepares for the show. They, they <laughs> but how dare you? I, I'll, I'll have you know that I spent at least the last hour and a half watching highlights on YouTube. Did you? Well, that's good. Look, did, our- I, did you know there's three islands in New Zealand? <laughs> there's the North Island, the South Island, and Middle Earth. <laughs> Is that right? No, I don't think that's that. I'm it getting further away from this ambassadorship. I'm getting further and further away. I really, I just... I got I don't know. I I need to go. I need to go away, adapt and evolve. This is an indictment on me, not on New Zealand. Virat Kohli batted until the 48th over before accidentally closing his innings on 77 from 65 balls. Kohli was given out caught behind to a ball he clearly didn't hit, but he walked off instead of reviewing because his bat handle made a clicking noise as the ball passed, and he thought he'd got an edge. So it turns out that Virat Kohli has one fault. He's not a human snicker or ultra edge or whatever they call it these days. As in the 2015 meeting between these sides, Pakistan were never in the hunt. Their one significant partnership couldn't keep up with the asking rate and they were slowly strangled by Kuldeep Yadav and the surprise package of Vijay Shankar. It didn't help that Rain removed 10 overs from the chase and DLS increased the run rate required for the innings from 6.74 to 7.55. This for a Pakistan team who do well to make 260 on most days. India won by 89 runs. Oh, hold on. Jai Singh has recently gotten the habit of just throwing shade around. Have you mm. noticed that? Those last two interjections, he's just been he's just been throwing burns out. And I, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's also fun coming straight out of Adam Hassan's uh, Pakistani interjection there and jumping straight into this and hearing two extremely different perspectives on the same game. Um, yeah. You know, Hassan made me feel like Pakistan were really in the hunt there. Singh is making me feel like they never had a shot. Um, and furthermore, throwing passing barbs a la they like struggle to get over 260, which is just uh, punchy. It's, yeah, it's partisan reporting, isn't it? Uh, it's partisan reporting. I think partisan he's, reporting. He may well be biased, Chris. That's all I'm saying. Uh, here we go. Also, hang on. Sorry. I've just, no, go, go. Um, according to Wikipedia, there are... <laughs> 
actually 33 islands that make up New Zealand. 33. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There are three main ones. The South Island, the North Island, and Stewart Island. Stewart Island. Stewart Island. Is the other main one. Um, But 33 in total. So, there you go. Um, And we say hello to every one of them. Uh, Come for the cricket. Stay for the geography. Let's hear some more from John. stay unbeaten in World Cup 2019. So, let's proceed to the talking points. Firstly, it was a shame not to see India take on New Zealand. That would have been a cracker. Maybe later in the tournament. I wonder if Jai knows um, how many islands are in New Zealand. If he doesn't before, I definitely will now. No, he will. No, he would have known, um, and he would have, or at least he would have been smart enough to look it up before opening his app. Um, but actually, talking about the cricket for for a moment, um, sure. One of the points he raised there earlier was. Um, Coley's dismissal, um, where it was a creaking noise um, mm. from his bat. That has got to be one of the mo- more unique um, dismissals yeah. of all time. Or, or, you know, I mean accidental dismissals. Because um, how, do you, how do you combat that? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're his bat maker, you'd, you'd be a little sweaty. You would be, you'd be sweating. You'd definitely be sweating. Secondly, India don't have any glaring weaknesses. Their bowlers are consistent and their top three is in great form, even if they're not the same three as they were to begin with. The only question mark hangs over their lower middle order and their ability to push the score in the final few overs if Rohit and Kohli aren't there to help out. MS Dhoni fell cheaply to a full wide ball, which is his Achilles heel, as I mentioned last time. Hardik Pandya huffed and puffed, but was kept relatively quiet by Hassan Ali's slower balls. Vijay Shankar and Kedar Yadav potted about and got some useful time at the crease, but they'll all need more game time to be in the zone when the knockouts come. The man to watch out for in the coming matches is the best batsman of the tournament so far. It's not Virat Kohli, it's Roy Sharma. The man has made 319 from three matches at an average of 159.50 and a strike rate of 110. Hold up. Holy moly, Bardo, those are mm. big numbers. Holy moly, those are big numbers. Yep, those are certainly not Stewart Island numbers, are they? <laughs> They're big. Noticeable. I'm never welcome on Stewart Island. I love that joke so much, though. It made me really happy. I'm going to have to oh, edit out my own screeching there, but uh, they made me very, very happy, Chris. I enjoyed it immensely. Great. No, but he's got a good point. Um, massive numbers. That's massive huge, numbers. man. Because, you know, like you and I have been talking on the pod about how if you don't get Coley early, you're screwed. Um, mm. And furthermore, if you don't get a wicket against India in the first 10 overs, you're screwed. I would go as mm. far as to say if you don't get um, Sharma in the far- first 10 overs, you could be really in the poop there. And then if that doesn't, you don't get him, you've got Shikha Darwin to deal with when he comes back. You've got KL Rahul, who's been in pretty good touch. I mean... They're looking very, very, very scary, um, India. Looking very yeah. scary, but um, I mean, a tremendous batting lineup as we've spoken about um, a lot um, over recent times. Um, I, I mean, it may be worth employing some Tom K. Hawkey style mm. subterfuge ah. here. Ah. Um, I mean, he still goes pretty hard in Test cricket. He still goes yeah. pretty. Yeah, you know, what's a great point. Pretty hard. But Sharma is notoriously not as good as a test player. So maybe maybe that could be something. It's not going to matter for Coley. We just need luck. 
Um, we need mm. creaky bats for Coley is what we need. That's what we do, Bardo. That's what we mm. do. We send an operative in. We don't. Australia doesn't need to cheat anymore. All right, let's not do it. But let's get the Kiwis, somebody from Stewart Island maybe, to right. go, go right. into the dressing room, swap the old bats over, and give them some real creaky, creaky boys. Some big, big creek boys. Um, right. Nah, that could, that could do us. Sure, sure. Um, what if we gave everybody in the top um, top six of India bats that were made out of old floorboards, Bardo? Potentially right. ancient doors. You know what I'm saying? Yep. 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 That's what we need. That's what we need. Um, let's not get Stuart Island involved in any subterfuge. <laughs> um, I don't... I, we're not... We're not doing well in there. Um, I don't think they will be feeling inclined to do me any favours. Um, <laughs> Good point. Yeah, but yeah. I like the idea of of employing someone to go around England. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of creaky doors in England. Yeah, there'd yeah. be a few, oh, wouldn't there? A couple. Surely, surely a couple. Uh, I like the idea of employing someone uh, to go around England and uh, just jimmy a few doors off the hook and um, stick a few stickers on them. Yep. You know, just a couple of grey nickels. A couple of grey um, nicks, a couple of MRF tyres, stickers. Get them out there. Some Slazenger V600s. <laughs> um, and just, you know, yeah, just see where it Just, just uh, spread them around. Just maybe one of them. Just see what happens. makes their way in there. I don't know. Let's hear some more from Jai. He's 24 runs behind Aaron Finch as the tournament's leading run scorer, but from two fewer innings and more than double the average. Crowley has improved from a scratchy start against South Africa and cruised along quite nicely in this innings, but I don't think he's even got into third gear yet in this tournament. If he finds his range, watch out. Injury news is that Bhuvneshwar Kumar is out for two to three matches with a pulled hamstring, and Mohamed Shami will be raring to go as his replacement, having done well in the New Zealand ODIs early in the year. Shekhar Dawan has uh, a fractured thumb and might take a little longer to recover, but he's expected to be back for the later part of the group stage, all the knockouts. Taking a slight detour from India's performances to rant about the ICC, which is one of the things I like to do in life. <laughs> classic, classic Jai Singh. To give him an opportunity, India ICC rants will follow. Yeah. yeah. Just before he launches into that, if there's one uh, other thing I'd like to point out, we've spoken about the weather being a villain of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to uh, point the finger at the hamstring. Oh, yeah. Listen, hamstrings, Chris. What have they ever done for us? Huh? You tell me. You tell me. Not much. Yeah, they get strained and they get torn. Oh, that's really all I that's, know. That's all I do. That's all I yeah, do. What you don't hear about? Um,. It looks like the weather's going to be pretty fine in Manchester today. It's almost tropical, allegedly. It's going to be up to 19 degrees. Um, Tom Hawkey just posted in the two for none chat. So um, there we go. They may not be all bad. Let's hear Jai's rant about the ICC. There are a few administrative oversights that I hope won't have a big effect on the tournament's outcome, but I'll have a good rant if they do, and maybe if they don't. Firstly, I'm disappointed to see they didn't have a contingency plan for dealing with English summer rain. It's not a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. Secondly, we really need the third umpire to be checking in real time for no balls every delivery. We've already established that when the wicket falls, you have to check. But the Chris Gale incident, where he fell to what should have been a free hit, shows that pretty much every ball is a possible no ball these days. And seriously, guys, what is going on with the bulletproof bales? Yes. Yep, couldn't agree more. Somebody do You know what, Chris? After our last mm. week with my ranting saying that maybe there was heavy metals mm. on the inside of the bales... I've read some reporting saying that the stumps are deeper. It's something to do with the stump depth that is preventing the bales from coming up. 
Um, uh, They're just too deep, Pat. What we need <laughs> is some chauvinistic stumps. Chauvinistic stumps. Em- emotionally shallow. <laughs> Stunted, Chris. You know, we need them to embrace their phallic nature. <laughs> They're too deep. Too deep. Too deep in thought. Too much. But I think that's bound to happen if you stood there all day for well, six hours. Well, yeah. You're bound to ponder the wonders of the universe. Yep, yep. But you, I, know, you know, it's going to happen to you. You know. Um, look, Singh, he's on top of the world. India, doing really well. He's having to scratch mm. around to find things to criticize him for, I think, at this point. Um, and they are they are truly crushing it. So, uh, great yep. analysis there from Jai. Thank you, as always, to the great Jai Singh for getting us a tape in such rapid fashion. And for the uh, the increasing amount of burns. Um, keep them coming, Jai. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Um, India's next games, you know, are, are going to be quite decisive. Um, England have got Sri Lanka coming up. India have got Afghanistan, who they, I think, will pummel. Um, sorry, Afghanistan, to say that. And then in about a week's time, um, on the 25th of June, England and Australia come together, Bido, um, and that's going to be that's going to be really, really punchy. Um, mm. And mm. and I I think we'll wait with trepidation to see how those injuries work out for India, um, but no doubt they're going to be in that top three of the table, if not right on top. Oh, yep. No, just like a, uh, I think we've used this analogy before, Pat, but just like a sprinter in the peloton, um, they're not in front position at the moment, but they are perfectly primed uh, for the sprint at the end. Um, and, uh, you know, hard. To, I, I would say at this point, they have to be tournament favourites. For, for mine, I, I think they just get the edge over England. Speaking of the peloton, Chris, and timing your run perfectly, our bloke who's doing that for Australia right now is Aaron Finch. What an mm. exceptional 100, Bardo, to win the game against South Africa. 153 off 132, and hooly dooly, he looked good. He looked good. Looked brilliant. Yep, no, he looks looks brilliant. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, exciting times. I um, mean, not, not long ago that we were talking about the struggles of Aaron Finch, but uh, he's clearly uh, found the magic formula once again um, because he is hitting them to all parts. Um, and I tell you what, if you are walking your dog, um, as I will be in a, in a few minutes, uh, around the grounds of England, you may want to wear a hard hat because uh, Aaron Finch is making the area unsafe. He's hitting them that far. Um, just great to see. Look, at the end of the day, um, whilst Australia hasn't put together its best cricket just yet, I don't think... Um, you know, just about everyone that's gone walked out to bat has contributed in some form or another um, over the course of the tournament. Um, really waiting to see Usman uh, Kawaja sort of explode and show what sort of player he can be in the shorter mm. format of the game. He's certainly proven that to us here in Australia, but it would be great to see him do that on the world stage. Um, and I think still some questions about, um, you know, uh, what is the best makeup of Australia's bowling attack? Um, I'm really surprised that we haven't seen Nathan Lyon so far um, in the tournament. Um, as I've said earlier, I, I think that that is to do with the nature of the pitches. They started off incredibly green and almost like a test match wicket, Pat. They are now oh. looking very, very batsman friendly as we move into the second, as we've gone through the second phase, as it were, of the tournament. Uh, I'm wondering as the tournament goes on, will they become a bit more spin friendly? 
Uh, and then that's where we may see uh, the uh, the second tweakers, who we predicted prior to the tournament would be a key feature. And we really haven't seen anything of them yet, but that may be no, where they come to the fore. I think you and I may have really got that wrong very early in the game. But I just wanted to quickly give an, a technical batting note um, on Aaron Finch. I saw an interview with Ricky Ponting this week, who's the Australian batting coach. And the punter was saying that he's changed his guard and he started taking guard outside leg stump. Um, and being able to free his hands across his stumps. You may remember, Bardo, that what got him into a lot of trouble earlier this year was uh, LBWs, that he was really concentrating on covering his off stump. Um, So with a slight change in guard, he's been allowed to free his hands a lot more and play straight through the line. The great uh, version of that is, if you watch the highlights most recently, um, you can see him on his first four that he hits is a back foot shot through cover, and it is absolutely divine. Um, so I think a small technical change there from Finchie has has offered him a lot of freedom. So mm. that's one of the handy things about having Ricky Ponting in your squad. You know, um, apparently Finchie was working on that when he came to the camp, but um, Ricky's been working with him on it, and that's gonna that's gonna be great for your confidence. Just having Ricky Ponting do throwdowns for you and telling you you're hitting them all right is gonna be handy. It's going to be a handy, handy time. Um, great performance there from Finch. He was the outstanding one. And, mate, we've got to talk about the young man, Stephen Smith, but I mean, it's just mm. so wonderful to have this bloke back in the team. He really is. He is truly a phenomenal batsman to watch. Um, you never know where that ball's going to go or what he's going to do with it. And he got out in a really fun way with Lasseth Malinga bowling a trademark uh, Yorker. Um at 130 clicks, but mm. you know, it was it was it was great to see. Um, my issue, Bardo, my issue is around your mate Sean Marsh. Um, right. My issue is I don't think we can have Sauce coming in at six. I don't think he's the right guy down there. We need a bopper, Bardo. We need a bopper. Well, and Justin Langer was pretty punchy. He was pretty punchy, Justin Langer, in a uh, press conference. He was, uh, and he was talking about Soss's domestic T20 record. And Soss's domestic T20 record is great. I looked it up just the other day. Um, it's very, very high. I think he averages nearly 40 in the BBL. But in international T20s, he averages 18. Um, and his strike rate is significantly lower. In, in his last couple of games, he hasn't been that excellent either i just don't know if we can bat him at six i really think that having so usman's a bit of an accumulator at the moment right now we all know that usman can be great in t20s as well he can smash him better blah, 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 blah. but if we're going on what has actually happened of recent times he's been a more of an accumulator david warner as tom hawkey mentioned has been a bit the same his bombastic lambasting batting hasn't been there either so with warner Kawaja and Marsh in the same batting lineup. We, we're starting to have three more accumulatory batsmen. Um, mm. and I'm not sure that we can have all three at the same time. Well, you know, you know who's recently been called up to the Australian squad as coverage for Marcus Doinus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The younger Marsh, the younger, the younger Marsh, the Mitchell Marsh. Sure, the, sure. The Mitchell Marsh. Would he fit your mould, Pat? He would a, fit a, my mould, Chris. He would fit my mould. But, oh, mate, I, I, you know, I really... Um, I've had it up to here with Marsh Brothers, Bardo. I've had it up to here. I really have. Sure, I've sure. got it up to the eyeballs with Marsh Brothers. And, and like, you know, on their days, both of those boys are extraordinary. They are match winners. They are phenomenal. But we never know when those days are going to be. 
We never know, Chris. We don't. We genuinely don't. Here are Sean Marsh's last six scores. 3, 23, 34, 30. He got a 55 against the West Indies in May was his last score of note. Preceding that, 32, 28, 15. The last score he got before that was in March against uh, Pakistan. He got a 61. It doesn't fill me with the joy that I that I that I need in my life, Bardo. Um, I, I so who are, that, who, are you, who are you coming in? Who's coming in at six? Who's coming in at six? Well, okay, let's 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 just think about this. If the Stoin is well and truly out, right? Um, who are we going to bring in? There's there's not a lot of options. I mean, it's Sean Marsh is the backup batsman. So with um, with him out, then maybe not. Maybe it's that we play an extra bowler and whack NCN in there um, with the way that NCN's been bopping around, you know? And that makes us have a bloody long tail, though, doesn't it? I don't know, Chris. I think I- I'm either we've got to make a call on Stoin. I think Mitchell Marsh has to come in. We've got to give him a red-hot go. Or um, Stoin is, is declared fit. Or final crazy option... We do know that David Warner can really hit him. Um, what if we got Sean Marsh up the order and we drop Warner down? Is that complete crazy talk? No, I don't think so. I, I think you'll find if we play back the tapes, if we play back the tapes, you will find that I made a similar suggestion uh, a few a few months ago. Pat. I think you did, Chris. Now I think about it. I think I did. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that... Um, Particularly given the success that uh, Finch and Kawaja more so had at the top of the order, the chemistry that they had opening the batting both in the short form and, well, I mean, less so in the longer form of the game, uh, withstanding a couple of outstanding innings against uh, Pakistan. Um, I think it's not about. I, I don't think it's bad. And 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 uh, Shaw Marsh traditionally in the, in the shorter forms of the game and number three you know has been a spot that's worked for him uh it means that uh you know uh steve smith can continue to come in at, at uh four uh and i don't know i, I just as I just, as i've said before uh you know i think david warner with the shackles off um it uh it gives you something maxwell uh, different, carey different look maxwell um warner carey cummins stark that's some hitting Buddy, that's some that's some big hitting. I think that could I think that's a really good mm. call. Um, we did for the Sri Lankans though. Maxwell got a forty six. We put on three thirty four. We probably should have put on three fifty, ideally, but we'll take it. Um, and then you know we we got to throw some props to um, Karun Ratne, the uh, Sri Lankan captain, with a ninety seven. Batted extremely well. Um, their opening mm. partnership between him and Kusal Pereira, those boys look great. Buddy, they they really did. Chris uh, Pereira, especially fifty two off thirty six, he was striking at one forty four, like he was smacking them all over the park. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, look, Australia certainly in a world of hurt there early on, uh, and uh, I think Sri Lanka were, were well above uh, well above the worm uh, and uh, and going along nicely at about seven runs and over, and making it look all too easy. Uh, Jason Berendorf in particular, I think, took a bit of a pasting uh, early on. 
uh, came back strongly though, and and uh, I, I think in the end it was simply uh, a weight of numbers and uh, 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 too much too much depth uh, that uh, they got Sri Lanka. So some big guys coming out for Australia. Um, we know Bangladesh uh, won't be easy beats. Uh, we we won't have time, I don't think, today to get into their latest game against the West Indies. Perhaps we can do that next time. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the Tigers aren't easy beats at the moment, as we've seen. Uh, and then of course England. Uh, so Australia really has. One more game to get this right and work out uh, work out the kinks in their system. The good news is they're probably operating about seventy five percent efficiency. Um, that's a number I just made up, um, <laughs> but um, they've got room for improvement. Is what I'm trying to say, and uh, I, I, I think they'll find it. Um, at the end of the day, this is a side uh, that can win the World Cup, has the capability of winning the World Cup, um, but I don't think we've seen World Cup winning performances just yet. Yeah, and and Chris, I hope we get there soon. Bangladesh is going to be a stern test. They are a quality side. I would just mention that Shakib Al-Hassan's exceptional 100 was a thing of beauty, um, and he is deserving completely of the title of world's best all-rounder. That man is is one to watch. So um, tune in for that game. That's going to be on the 20th of June. I can't recommend that enough. Um, if you are a West Indies fan and you are still listening to this episode and you haven't found me on Twitter, you haven't found Two For None on Facebook, um, and you haven't sent me a DM to come and join the podcast, then what are you doing with your life? Um, make it happen. If you're listening to this on a phone, I'd like you to get your phone out Look at it in the store that you're looking at, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Just just hit that subscribe button. Just 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 hit those old five stars. Just just share that around. Send it to a mate. Um, we would absolutely love that. We really appreciate it, folks. And if you could take this a second to do that, it would, would really mean a lot to us. Um, we really have enjoyed this podcast. Obviously, if you live on Stewart Island in New Zealand, you're probably exempt. <laughs> from doing that it's very nice of you to listen to so far I'm, I'm genuinely sorry I'm really sorry I hope to visit one day and make it up to you I'm not sure what I'll do but we'll something. come to, we'll come over we'll do a pod and we'll eat some humble pie um, on Stuart Island New Zealand is, is what we'll do Chris um, but I, I reckon that should do it for us mate uh, any final thoughts from you before we close it out nothing from me mate uh, let's wait and see what happens Let's wait and see what happens indeed. Thank you, Chris Barty, your legend. Thank you to all of our correspondents, the debutante, Adam Hastan, for coming and joining the pod. You're a bunch of legends, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. And go those elite!